1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, Malcolm
2: Blood and David Woolley. all thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Check them out, a wonderful company there, so welcome Malcolm, Jack Blight, and bloody Blight, a bit of a sad day for, well, not only you, but for South Australia, one of the icons in in caravanning and, and general SA has uh, passed away earlier today.
3: Yeah, Noel Faggerton, Noel's caravans out there on the Salisbury Highway. Um, yeah, I got involved with him five or six years ago uh, with uh, Neil Curley being prior to me, just uh, being ambassador for him and a, a terrific fella. Uh, he's been quite ill, I think. You know, there's been a few stories in the paper and everyone recognising what he's done in his life. Very successful man, made himself, his family, but uh, sincere condolences to everybody involved. Uh, I really enjoyed his company. We had some dinner. We had a little red wine together occasionally. So, yeah, it's a sad day for that family. And But, but you know, when hopefully we remember him. For a lot of good he did in South Australia, and particularly in the caravan industry.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure I've met him, but I feel like I know him. With all yeah. that jingle, is um you made it quite famous. <laughs> not, might have been, might have been a
3: player. Yeah, in, in Noel's memory, here it is. Listen to this. Noel's
4: caravans, Noel's caravans, Noel's caravans, Noel's caravans.
3: Yeah, he, um, yeah, he's, he's been ill for for some time, and uh, as I said, it's been reported in the paper, and. uh so all you can do now is uh, hopefully he rests in peace and uh, a life well lived.
2: Yeah, well, well said. Is it truth or myth though that Noel said to you after going in the front bar that's the best advertising yeah. I've ever ever had? Yeah, it was on the front and bar. and free. Yeah, free. and free.
3: They'd have bought a band in and they played that out. That was the end of the show. Yeah, well yeah did gone. it a few years ago for him and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a really nice man. I really enjoyed
2: his company. Yeah, well said, um, Matt Krautsch. Um, yeah. I, I felt he might look elsewhere, because I know there's three or four other clubs who are chasing Matt, but he signed for two years, and and I'd say it's a contract, you're going to get paid regardless, and I hope now the Crows know what he can do, and uh, Matt's shown faith that they play him next year, so keeps up that form.
3: Yeah, he does, and uh, I, I guess one of the things there, I, I would have thought that Rory Sloan you know, is going to... Is sticking around, so you got those two older guys. It won't hurt to have them around now. And Taylor, and T- yeah, they won't they won't get paid the money they used yeah. to get paid. We know that, and that's you know the the young brigade take over, but to keep them around, I think's a smart thing. Them playing every second week, maybe Rory and him. I mean, they might. Well, not he's want only twenty eight. Yeah. Oh no, that's he, right. He's, he's not he's old. A, no, he's not. And I, I you know what. Perhaps having nearly 18 months off from the big stuff and, and
2: still plying his tray in the reserves might have just saved him for a couple more years. I reckon they might, they might have both learned something out of this, blotter. You've always said, use your legs, and he's certainly done oh, that. Yeah. But I think also Adelaide's saying, you know what, we need this guy. We need this guy playing good footy in our first, not seconds, not helping the kids. So I think it might have been a bit of a learning curve from both.
3: Oh, it was, and you know, I mean, we've talked about this a fair bit, but he did change the way he played. And we spoke to Mick Godden, the the Adelaide uh, reserves coach, I guess you call it, and also a midfield coach. And sometimes, as I've said, as an older player, having dealt with them, it is hard sometimes to change the spots. Not that they're bad spots. He wasn't a bad player, just didn't quite fit in w- what modern footballers are doing in the midfield.
2: So they've got one. Are you are you bullish on Tom Duda? I think they've lessened their offer, their initial offer, given the fact that he's done an ACL and won't be playing for most of next year. So that's come down. You th- you think? Do you think the knee will perhaps force Tom to stay?
1: Um,
3: I think the person will make that decision, and I think it's Tom Duda. Everyone tells me I have met him just briefly. Uh, he's nice, seen, guy. He, nice guy. Yeah, I met him a few times, and looked to part part of the leadership group. You know, so there's there's other things you can do around a footy club. And we go through this every year and every club goes through it. You've, you've been through it. I've been through it. Injuries are a curse of the game. And sometimes you can still contribute in a different way. And once again, I don't think Tom would have been on massive, massive money, you know, on
2: good money. This of would have been his yeah. big contract yeah. had, he, had he got yeah. one.
3: So I, I think what I'd be mm. doing is signing him for a year while the new, new is coming. Have a look at him at the start of next year and see what happens next.
2: i still love to see... Him being a big-bodied midfielder, he can take a mark. Imagine him around the ground where you not got yeah, someone I'll, on you. I
3: would have loved to play him there. He's
2: six. For, what he be six foot four. So, yeah, big, strong boy, yeah. and can mark and can kick. Yeah. Now Patrick Cripps is exactly that. Bontempelli, they're all around the same. I'm not saying he's one of those, but why couldn't you try someone like that rather than the back pocket?
3: I, I, I said this for a couple of years. You know, three years, I reckon that he had those attributes which. I mean, I, f- I favour people that can mark. And then that's probably my bent. And obviously, I thought he jumped at the ball beautifully and honestly. And around the midfield, having an extra tool, like a Patrick Cripps, like a Nat 5 they're super, super players, aren't they? They've yeah. got
2: those two strings to their bow, like a lot of players haven't. A big show tonight. We're going to go to Brisbane and speak with uh, Michael Whiting. He knows oh, yeah. everything about. And also James Battersby. I think the fish that got away. So the fish is not Michael Whiting, but the fish <laughs> was the one that got away for Sturt. Uh, Will Coomless. Bit of news to Sturt's Will Coomless has accepted a one-match ban with an early guilty plea for tripping Adelaide's uh, Jay Boyle. And Adelaide's Matt Wright has accepted a one-match ban. Now, Dane downgraded from two with an early plea for rough conduct with Will Coomless. So... Same sort of thing there, but um, yeah, they're both going to miss this week. And Sturt have got a couple of injury problems. Yes, I have. Uh, Bloody, I want to play a grab from Chris Fagan. So, I know you you read an article about Chris, and we don't realise just how hard it can be for a coach that was, you know, pretty well vilified last year. When you look at nothing's come to a head except their names, Clarkson, yeah. Fagan, and and co. But here's Chris Fagan. I think pretty bullish about their chance to go all the way this
4: year. Guys like McCluggage and. Barry Stass of Bailey Rayner, they're all mature AFL players now, into their sixth and seventh years. So I think with the the improvement and maturity of those guys and, and the men that we've recruited to the club, I, I think this is our best our best opportunity without without doubt, without doubt. And look, we won 17 games this year, which is the best we've ever done. So you know the ladder doesn't lie. We've played nine finals now, and I think our boys are at that stage. And I'm I'm sensing that with them at 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 uh, training. I'm sensing that with them in conversations around the club. They've, they've really matured and uh, they know these opportunities don't last forever. So uh, I think they're very much looking forward to and craving the opportunity to to put their best foot forward in finals and hopefully that's what we can do. And we know there's seven other teams trying to do the same thing, so it's tough. But, um, yeah, we've never been in a better position, I don't think.
3: No, I, t- I tend to agree with him there. I They've, they've they've done their apprenticeship well and truly, haven't they? People think they might have won one now or made a grand final, but you're right. You just got to keep appearing. That's what's happening now. The Fagan story is interesting. Over the weekend, there was a wonderful article, written uh, quite an extensive one, about the mental state of Chris Fagan, and the trauma he went through. He, he he'd wait till dark to go for a walk outside. He just felt the whole world was watching him with the indigenous.
2: What, accusations? Yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't been confirmed. Have they, they haven't. Not,
3: nothing's been confirmed about it. It, it. it is. It is just one of the strangest stories I've ever come across. And I'll say this until the, my last breath: the fact that you can name them and the people that name them aren't named, bloody drives me mad. It would drive me mad in a court of law. I don't know how this system does it. Uh, there's some other stuff happened with the person who wrote the report. Well, I can well, say know, he's
2: in all sorts uh, of yeah.
3: I know. Well, he's hot like, water. I, well the accusations there too is that is that a good thing who's accusing him so I think that I don't I don't know I wasn't there and no one knows exactly what happened but for that to get out there's only one person that actually wrote that report that report was leaked by someone and that is so unfair and I can imagine Alastair Clarkson's run away from the game yeah you know he he was mentally distraught Chris Fagan has tried to tough it out so I don't know why in finals time I'm bringing this up now or we bring it up, but the story was there and you can just see what his and his family went through on an accusation with not one one iota of fact yet.
2: I, don't, I imagine coaching will be 24-7 oh. regardless, oh, right. but have that thrown on top oh. of it. As you said, it, it forced Alistair Clarkson to take a break. Yeah. Fagan's kept on going. I, I know the first thing he did was um, went to his own Indigenous boys at the club. Yes. And eyeballed him and said, "Hey, this is how it is. This is what you know. I'm, I'm basically, I've been, mean, not framed, but I did not do this. He, he's he's maintained his innocence from day one." And you know the thing he said in that article that Charlie
3: Cameron, I told you, is one of my folk Him and Lockie Neal, they don't just excite me every time I see him play. He is the most chipper and chirpy bloke in the room. You know, Vags he, 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 loves him. I mean, you, you fall in love with players. I mean. I told you, it doesn't matter what colour hair they got. Some blokes just get under your skin, and you love them for what they are. He he just is in love with Charlie Cameron. I mean, and he's in love with Lockie Neal.
2: We've spoken about this at length, and I'd say there's no way any coach, any coach, let alone those two, that they would have said some of the things that have been um, highlighted. Now they could have been misconstrued, or or someone's heard something, you know, and things get go go at right angles but there's just no way oh, we know what football's like we know oh, the people in there mate. and um yeah to carry the load of coaching a team that that's why he's also got to be up there for coach of the year absolutely you know we
3: and absolutely we've got about
2: we got about five coaches of yeah, the year yeah, and all. I have. actually it's been a, it's been a really good year hasn't yeah. it
3: and I think, and this is this is my personal opinion. Craig McRae started this because he did something different and didn't follow all the other mm. stall pigeons, I'll call them, that used to just play all oh, defence, all oh, defence, defence. Oh, there's oh, there's defense. a few following him, yeah, aren't there? Yeah, they? yeah, are a few following him. anyhow. Also, and I'm, I'm I announced yesterday, uh, and I'm I've actually done this, but Chris Judd is going to present the Norm Smith Medal. And we all love Chris Judd and what he did for football. Sydney's Josh Kennedy, the great player, is going to be the Premiership Cup ambassador. And the one I like, Mark Thompson's going to present Out from the wilderness. Yeah, Jock McCall Miller. So I'm really pleased. He deserves to be there. You know, I was there a couple of years ago, and it's a wonderful thing to do. But I'm glad Mark Thompson's poked his head up and, come on, Bomber, let's get back into it.
2: He's been a bit of an enigma in football, isn't he? Wonderful player, wonderful coach, and had his own problems. But to bring him back into the fold, I think is outstanding. So well said there. Now, also, we
3: should mention, too, Charlie Dixon last night... um, Signed again for another year, and I was interested today. What you know, we know Charlie's been around a long while, been at a couple of clubs, but just the reason why he decided to sign again at Port Adelaide.
0: The young group that we have got coming through are just incredible humans to start with, but they're leading this football club in the right way. and And the next crop that's coming through is is second to none, and it's you know like you want to be part of this group and moving forward and. The young boys, they keep young with the way they carry on. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just excited to be sort of still a part of it and, and watch these kids grow.
2: Big fella there. All that, uh, the good oil, that was from Charlie, thanks to Cobram Estate. i tell you what, we talk about this blighty because it is magnificent extra virgin olive oil. Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in Northern Victoria. And it is gorgeous.
3: We now have two bottles oh, at
2: home. Oh, chilly. We tried a little bit of chilli. Oh, oh I know. bit might be a bit hot for you, but it's just right for me. Yeah. Now, coming up on the show, thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar and Lumo Energy SA. A switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo today. We've got Tuesday, true or false, AFL.com's Michael Whiting talking all things Queensland and Sturt Star, James Battersby.
1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA.
2: Sports Day SA, and Blood and David Wildey. Time now for True or False. Thanks to mate, fair dinkum internet without the fast score a mobile deal as good as Sam Kerr, worldy. With mate. Yeah, mate. So, all about internet. Funny, you're playing true or false. True or false, Malcolm, during the break, <laughs> your mother was one of 15 children. Yes. <laughs> And excluding her, you've only been able to name 13. We're missing one. We think it's a boy, one of the boys. It
3: is. It was five girls and ten boys. Sorry. Uh, so that's true? Right, they're, they're <laughs> oh, that's, how do we get on to that? That's so funny.
2: It was so funny but, watching you scramble. We're going through the letters of the alphabet. With Kevin, Kevin, it, it, Keith. Yeah, all no, no, that, no, no, no. All got... that. Yeah, and they're so. Um,
3: yeah, I've got to find one. Oh, I can't believe That's it. right.
2: You'll do it tonight. No, yeah, go I'll, home. at
3: three o'clock in the morning, i wake up. Like, oh, anyhow. That's so funny. That was good. Uh, true or false? Uh, shall I do one now? Yeah. I'll we'll okay. get you back on, <laughs> on <the> straight and <laughs> narrow.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Here we go. Number one for me, true or false? Charlie Dixon's one-year contract was a great signing for Port Adelaide for the next year.
2: Well, probably true-ish. Uh, I think his best footies, and he'd know that, is well past, and he's injury prone. But for the likes of an Ollie Lord and Todd Marshall, and George Yardis comes back next year to have him, Uncle Charlie around. Yeah, I think. You know, I'll go true. Actually, I reckon it's a free hit. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, he's, he's
3: not going to go anywhere else. No, nah. you know, he's not going to be on the money he was, uh, but he, he will. He'll if he plays, he'll he'll put everything into it. And the grab you
2: played before, he's a yeah. good bloke. He loves yeah. the environment. So yeah. uh, true or false, sticking the Port Adelaide theme and flavour. Connor Rosie will upset the more fancy Zach Butters and more Brownlow votes. Uh, this has got some truth in it. He's a polar,
3: Connor. Yeah, that's right. He's already done. But Butters, uh, I think,
2: probably had
3: the fraction better year. So I'll say some truth with a falseness.
2: Oh, cool. okay. Jeez, you do whatever you like, <laughs> don't you? I've noticed that. All right, your turn. Bang. Uh, true or false? It will be... Great for
3: the Port Adelaide Football Club. Why are we doing Port? We're all it. Well, well I... we, we, because they're
2: in the finals. It'd be great for the Port Adelaide Football Club to what?
3: To get Scott Lysett back in ruck. Oh, true.
2: So true. there you go. They, I said they can't. They can't win a grand final without Lysett. The Dixon, I don't think will play for the rest of the year, and um, the full-back comes back. Mackenzie, underdone. Oh, they need Lysett. They need him to play well. He's old-fashioned, like McInerney. So, yeah. you know, you just got to nullify him, I suppose.
3: So, can I keep on the Port Adelaide theme? Because they, they are the team that, going
2: very well at the moment. Port Adelaide, true or false? Oh, look at you. <laughs> you can't have a crack at me. Port Adelaide, <laughs> true or false, will play. This is going to be tough for you because you've gone all year, Brisbane, Melbourne, and you're yep. starting to waver. Yeah. Port Adelaide under Ken Hinkley will play in their first grand final this oh, year. Oh, I... I
3: there is a fair bit of me would love to see that happen, for, for all sorts of reasons, uh, including history, my history as a kid with Port Adelaide, my history with Ken Hinckley, and just the fact that Port Adelaide have been a great bloody footy club, that, and that would do my heart some good. So I, I'm going to say the 89% true.
2: 89%? They'll make a grand final? Yeah.
3: Whew, better win this week then.
2: Well, that doesn't mean
3: they can win. They can
2: still lose well, go to come. Brisbane and ask uh, Michael Waddington. I bet now, you his nickname's Fish.
3: Yeah, I bet it is. What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't call him by their nickname. You know that. And now, my true or false the last one, David, for me. Maybe last one. A Ratio fantasious form in the reserves has been very good in his games back. Yeah. Will he play this week? True or f- no? He. W- I'll say he will try, play this week. True or false?
2: No, false. False? False a brave, man. To you'd have to drop a. Although McIntyre hasn't been in great form, Rioli will play He's a premiership player. No, I think that maybe Francis Evans. He's kicked goals too. Yeah, he's can you no, know, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I wouldn't have thought they'd. We just kick four
3: a three. A bit or unfair,
2: I think, to take a, a not, regular bloke as a player. No,
3: it's not about being unfair. It's picking the best team to win this game. I think he's unfair. And that's what you need to do if you're going to be a leader and coach and select teams.
2: True or false? Malcolm Blight never ever calls anyone by their nicknames. No, it
3: hasn't been a habit of mine. No. Why is
2: that? I, 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 I think I've told this story before,
3: but my mum called me Malcolm. She said, "I don't want to call you Mal; it's Malcolm." So that's why I do. And most people's name I call by their Christian name because that's what their mum and dad wanted them to.
2: They didn't want to call you. Wieldy. No, you call me David Lockman. Well, you go the full hog with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. No, Johnny Reed, you Johnny or John? John. John. Yeah. Yeah.
3: A lot of people call him Reedy, but... So I, you
2: never had a No or like Wayne or Wayno, like Wayne Jackson? Not really, no. no. Wayne?
3: apparently I was only a C grade student in English when I finally read a book. I thought you were good at everything. Hey, C's, C's better than D. C's
2: terrible. No, it's Just not. passable. No. I hated C's. No, D, D was passing. Ah, I'm more of an A man myself, but it's not about <laughs> me. Um, true or false, one last one quick. But before I do that, Polaris Australia's number one selling side by side brand. The Polaris plate clearance deals are on right now. How's this? you can save up to $2,000 on yep. the Ranger 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. This is one for you it's Crows, Taylor Walker. Taylor Walker win his first ever Malcolm Blight medal. What's what, that name? Malcolm Blight. What, could he win? Not say Ma- that again. Not Mal Blight, Malcolm, Malcolm Blight. Blight. Could he win that? Or is Victorians could say, you say, Malcolm. say that again? Taylor Walker will win his first Malcolm Blight medal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who call, uh, Mike Sheen calls you Malcolm Blight.
3: Yeah, most Victorians do. They put the A and E. Was well, it true
2: or that? false? What's happening? Yes, it's true. Maybe Jordan Dawson. I'm pulling teeth. I went to the dentist today, too. (laughs) Hey, still to come, Michael Whiting from Brisbane. He's a good lad to AFL.com. And also James Battersby from the Sturt Football Club.
1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA.
2: Sports Day SA, David Wilde and Malcolm Blight for tyre power. The big footy final sale on right now. Get into your local independently-owned tyre power today. I don't often use the word massive, but it's a massive game Saturday oh, night, Malcolm. Oh, oh. Uh, Brisbane playing Port Adelaide. Yes. Uh, Port a bit of an unknown, and Brisbane need to get the, the bogeyman off the back and make a grand final. This is their perfect chance, you think.
3: Yeah, no, the COVID year was another one. They had games up there, but they, they've earned the right. I mean, one of the things is Brisbane have earned the right to have a home final. Port Adelaide sort of gave it up with yeah, some losses late in the year. But a man who follows Queensland football closer than any other person I know both teams that is both the gold coast and brisbane is michael Wildham from the uh, michael whiting sorry michael from the afl.com.au and he, he's a great journey, but he loves his footy as well hi michael hey, how guys, are you how are you going good mate yeah
0: i'm 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 good yeah yeah really good thanks fella's um can't wait for saturday night you're right you've set it up nicely um, great opportunity for brisbane it ma- it does make me snigger a little bit when i hear people saying that brisbane's been gift-wrapped the opportunity to progress to the grand final because they've obviously earned it and a couple of results went their way late in the season. But 17 wins, it's been a great season. They've, they've set themselves up, that's for yeah. sure.
2: Hey, Michael, great to have you on board uh, tonight, but I've always felt Brisbane's defence in the last couple of campaigns have let them down. And they've got a guy called Daniel Rich. He's been an outstanding player, but he's been found out in finals. They play a quick player off him and uh, Daniel doesn't like to normally check, but I reckon the defence looks better. You get Payne back in there, they got a bit of pace, you can play Wilmot, um, McKenna, switch has been there, and of course the big fellow Harris Andrews, so they look a little bit shored up down in defence. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's great assessment. It's definitely an area they've been left a little bit wanting the last couple of years. Teams have been able to transition the ball on turnover pretty quickly, and and it is Daniel, and it has been Daniel Rich often that's been caught out. Kadian Coleman's another one in that half-back line that, that does occasionally get caught out. And When you've got a couple of slower guys, um, it really compromises your team defence. But they have fixed that up this year. Wilmot has been incredible. Uh, I think for a second-year player, uh, McKenna's made a big difference. Uh, it probably came here known for his, like his dash and his flair yep. with the ball, but it's really his defensive side and his ability to rush back and help that defence and help that, uh, that speed in transition that has made Brisbane a more difficult team to score against.
3: Yeah, they certainly have. You See, David talks about the, uh, all of the defence. I want to talk about the forward line. Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Cameron. Charlie, Charlie. What am I, for G can't he play. 53 goals and Joe Danaher's 51. The only mm-hmm. two in the comp in a, one team to kick over 50 goals. They are dangerous.
0: Yeah, they really are. I'm sure that Charlie is, if he's not the first name on an opposition whiteboard, he'd be the second, wouldn't he, after Lockie Neal, I'd imagine. So he's a nightmare to match up on. I think like a lot of guys, particularly in the top teams, he had a sort of a slow patch for about a month there late in the season, but found his best again in the last couple of rounds. And, um, yeah, I, I think what held him up was he... He had a big head collision against Richmond, I think it was round 15 or 16, knocked out a couple of teeth, and I That's right. felt yeah. like he lost a bit of confidence for a couple of weeks after that. But he's got it back now, and they've used him in different ways. He comes up the ground, and um, and most more dangerously, he can play as the deepest forward and get back to goal quicker than his opponent. So he's very, very difficult guy I, to match up on. Yeah, sure. I
3: can't believe how many times what, you know what's most of the games Richmond have played that... Charlie's been the igniter. Had one freakish little goal, yeah. and the, it just—you know—the team seems to lift around him. I know they've got some good players. I just want to talk about Lockie Neal. I mean, Lockie's probably still my favourite player. How he didn't make the All Australian team, even as a sub on the interchange, got me beat. But anyhow, that's another—that's another thing. But I notice he's gone a bit public on the tag situation. A couple of blokes have said, "Well, he got tagged," and then you know what? Every now and again, when you do, you'd have a bad game, and he—he'll just learn from that, and from that one game against uh, Tuke Miller, he still does mm. some terrific things for the team and takes, you know, gives Dunkley a chance. I mean, it's a team game. That's why we do it. So I find the criticism of those goats who get tuke they get better. It's harder. We've all been through it. But I, I reckon what he said was terrific.
0: Yeah, it was. And he, he's right. He does get attention most weeks. And he made the point today. And, it, and it's probably fair that the media, that's myself included, and other guys in the media, do concentrate on when he gets beaten by a tag rather than when he beats the tag i think they played they played geelong um four or five weeks from the finish tom atkins ran around with him and lockie beat him and it barely got a passing mention and Mm. he's had a terrific season josh dunkley as well you mentioned that combination like they have got the best brisbane's got the best clearance differential in the competition so they're that midfield is able to give their forwards, that potent forward line that you love, Blighty, so many more opportunities than their opposition.
2: I guess is Michael Whiting, com. Michael, the one area Port Adelaide probably have it over Brisbane is the midfield in the, in this terms of mm. pace. I mean, you look at Butters and Rosie are lightning, Horn Francis is lightning. The, if they could, I don't know who's going to be the caller for Brisbane. I know Berry does a job now and then, but to, if you could stop, or if Brisbane can stop one of those, it goes a long way to beating Port Adelaide because those... Particularly, Butters and Rosie have been in outstanding
0: form. They have. And Lockie Neal mentioned them today in his press conference. He said he thinks for speed and power, they'd be the number one combination in the comp. And, and I know he's not going to talk down a, an upcoming opponent, but he went out of his way to say how dangerous they are. And Brisbane obviously got first-hand exposure to that in the opening round. Long, long time ago, and a lot's probably changed. But Horn, Francis, Rosie and Butters... Very, very quick. Josh Dunkley normally um, mans the... who he determines is the best opposition midfielder at stoppages. Um, but then if there is a problem, Barry probably is the guy that goes to um, to a hot midfielder. He's got enough league speed, he's got a great tank, and he's a very, very physical guy. So um, They'll start by backing themselves just to win around the contest, but, yeah, I'd say Barry would be the guy to use in case of an emergency.
3: Yeah, I, I think you're right with that. I- yeah, I, I think you're right. William Drew may go to Lockheed. He did in round one. Man, yeah. And did well. Yeah, did okay. So uh, maybe it'll just be... I mean, he can still find his own ball, but I'll be interested in that. Can I just... This, you would have read the story over the weekend. I think uh, Chris Fagan did a story about... I called it the story of despair of Chris Fagan, Alastair Clarkson and Jason Bird at the Hawthorne Football Club regarding the Indigenous... and uh, I, I guess uh, that story was front page everywhere early in the season and gradually just gradually it's just sort of disappeared until Chris did that story over the weekend and said I couldn't go out at, you know I had to go out at night you can imagine what he went through being accused of something that he vehemently denies and as no, to, as no, to proof. no proof and whoever did it has never been mentioned that's the bit that really really annoys me but just in that story that was done, I could just feel his you know anger and and, and just disgust at mm. the whole thing
0: yeah anger's a good word and I think he certainly early in the year he was angry and understandably he just wanted a chance to voice his side which he never got and obviously he's under legal advice to 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 not do so he did have a couple of press conferences early in the year where he tried to get out as much as he could i think that was good for his peace of mind but but his name obviously still wasn't cleared so it did sit with him throughout the season and i mean only he really knows the toll it took on him when i saw him around the club like he was always quite chipper and maybe that goes with good form but to compartmentalize those two things is a um, huge huge tick for his um, ability to yeah just to manage difficult situations and uh, I think like he's obviously had a very good team at his disposal for a few years now. He's helped create a very good team. But that should factor into, we talk about coach of the year conversations, but yeah. like the, the stress and the strain he was under for the past six to 12 months can't be underestimated. Yeah,
2: well said. Look, he's, they've had a couple of fourths, a couple of fifths. Uh, this year they finished mm. second. Uh, barring Ashcroft and Gunton, they've got all men on deck. And I, I think this is a great opportunity. You, you're confident, Michael, that they will win at home unbeaten this year aren't they at home are you confident they can extend that
0: yeah i'd say uh i guess quietly confident if you're a brisbane fan because i think the only um, thought i guess cause for pause is that opening round and what rosie butters and horn francis can do if they win enough ball that that's a real weapon that brisbane might struggle to counter but They've won 11 out of 11 at the Gabba this year. A couple of them very, very tight. But they just feel a more assured team. And I think I I heard or read it from Chris Fagan in the past couple of days. He just feels those past experiences that they're a more mature team now. And they've handled different situations. And no matter how far they go this year, I think they'll look back on the loss against Melbourne about five or six weeks ago where they coughed up a lead, quite a a big lead late in the match. Yeah. But they, I think they took a lot out of that. Um, firstly, they, the way they played at the MCG was probably some of their best footy. And then just what they learnt late in games. And they've had um, a few more uh, chances to practice their late-game scenarios in the ensuing weeks. So they just feel a lot more complete and a lot more mature. Now, that could all change in, in two matches, as we know. Um, things change pretty quickly. But they're confident, and they should be. Yeah,
3: look... I... I just reckon it, the Geelong experience from last year appear in, mm. keep, keep, keep appearing in the finals and eventually, eventually you win one. And that's fact, isn't it? I mean, eventually, if you keep appearing, they'll win. History says that. <laughs> I, I actually, I mean, I've picked Brisbane and Melbourne to play in the grand final from day one of this season. and I, I keep coming back to it. I think you look at the talent on their list and I think they bat down a little bit deeper than most. I know Melbourne haven't had a great season, Brisbane mm. have, but I think they've got more upside with some of the injuries coming back. And the other thing is, this is only one game in a final. You can actually lose this game. Both Port Adelaide and Brisbane can lose this game and still be right in the hunt. One loss doesn't throw this season away for these two teams. They are still in no matter what happens.
0: Absolutely. We saw it um, like a few years ago. I think it was, and admittedly it was Richmond who had success but they lost a first final against Brisbane. I think it was in in the COVID year and they came back and won the semi, won the prelim and won the grand final. Hawthorne did it during their three-peat. Yep. Obviously, those teams are a bit more experienced and probably have a, a greater inner belief than Brisbane and Port, who are teams that have knocked on the door the past few years but not been able to kick it down. But you're absolutely right. Uh, that's the point of getting a spot in the top four is to get two chances.
2: Talk If, about you, Ch- if you
0: lose week one, you know, yep. again.
2: Yeah. Talk about Charlie Cameron, X-Factor. There's a couple of others I, I see as can be an X-factor. One's Cam Rayner, like yeah. he can take a mark as good mm. as anyone and kick a goal. And, and Hugh McCluggage is also, Michael, has been kicking a few goals. They push him forward sometimes, and he's been a little bit better in his set shot. So I can see both of those boys just adding to the firepower up forward.
0: Yeah, good call. And particularly Rayner. I think he's a guy that sort of, they've battled to find the perfect spot for him. Is he a... Is he a um, like a hybrid forward that jumps for his marks, or is he a guy that can pinch it in the midfield? He started the season in defence, so I don't think they've been quite sure how to use him, but when Jack Gunston got injured, it just made things so clear for them. Cam is going to play as a third tall. He can fly for balls, fly for his marks, which he loves doing, uh, and it's just simplified his role. He can go in and take a, a centre bounce or two if needed, but keep him forward. He can change games very quickly because of his power, and McCluggage is right as well. I think since Will Ashcroft went out of the team, I think that made his role a little clearer as well. Ashcroft, obviously, they'd prefer to have him in their midfield rotation, but without him there, it's given a few more centre bounce yeah. opportunities. Former well, cluggage, which he's become accustomed to over the past couple of years, and he's found his best form of the year in the last six weeks.
2: And bloody, you like Zach Bailey too, don't you? You can oh, kick, yeah, kick the old oh, goal. Yeah, I like him. Hey, <laughs>
0: hey a really good team. Hey,
2: just a quick one on the on the neighbour
3: down the road. Um, mm. I mean, I mean, you're obviously over the Queensland scene like anybody else. Uh, the Gold Coast, Damien Hardwick, how's it been received in 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 Queensland and obviously the Gold Coast and Brisbane?
0: Yeah. Big news here! Like it's cut through. He's made the front and back page of the Courier Mail. Which, uh, when he got announced, which is as you know, bloody from your time in Queensland, is difficult to do for yep. Australian rules footy. So he has got cut through, and Gold Coast are so excited. Every player mm-hmm. you speak to, they're just yeah. they just grin. They're so optimistic, and I mean, I think the club has to be a little bit wary of the Messiah complex if that's the right way of phrasing it I'm sure not one guy is going to come in and fix everything but he's certainly got a real spark about the place and they had their best and fairest on Sunday night Hardwick went to that made a little speech in the last uh, as the last stage of the evening just three or four minutes a little bit of a pump-up speech before they went on their break and yeah, the club's incredibly excited about his appointment.
2: Yeah, well done to Noah Anderson, too, winning the BNF. And, Michael, thanks for that. Looking forward to the finals, and uh, I'm sure Brisbane are really keen to win the first one and progress. But thanks for your time.
0: No worries, guys, any time at all.
2: Michael Whiting there from AFL.com. Uh, Beaumont Tolls giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shopping store at Beaumont's between November the 12th and you're in with a chance to tease and see supply.
0: Sports
4: Day SA We will, we will rock you On Cruise
2: 1323 and 1629 SA. Yeah, Tom had to speak with Sturt, star and is a star too James Battersby for Toolkit Depot's Tools, Equipment, Safety Gear and Workwear Go to Tools, Equipment, Safety Gear and Workwear in store and online Well, Sturt, let a chance go begging seven goals to one or seven mm. to two and look really yep. good and they copped a couple of injuries too, but I'm sure they think it's a big fish that got away. And we can welcome a star player, James Battersby. Hi, James, how are you? Good, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a. It was a tale of two halves, wasn't it, really? You dominated uh, the first quarter in a bit and uh, just couldn't quite put them away.
5: Yeah, yeah, you put, it, you put it correctly. It was a tale of two halves. I think we came out really with an emphasis on jumping the Crows and getting a good start because obviously in finals, uh, getting a good stars and almost half the way there to go on, going on to finishing the job. But unfortunately, just in that second half, the Crows made a couple of minor adjustments, which obviously worked well in their favour. Um, and they're a classy side and they just kind of took control of those pivotal moments and got us, got us in the end by about seven points. The, f- the start of the
2: game, James, seemed like almost keepings off. Both teams happy to go short rather than coughing up the ball?
5: Yeah, well, I think um, our big oval. It was a lovely day out there. Um, I think the way we play, both want to play is use our skills and kick mark and kick mark through teams. So it was probably a bit of that. But obviously, win finals is going to be contested at some point. Um, and I think Crows really evened that out in the second half. And that's probably where they got the jump on us and a bit more momentum and, and improved the winning formula for them in the end. Yeah,
3: I mean the, the stats are interesting, wasn't I? Mean I always think about the stats. I, I the, the one I really like looking at is the scoreboard at the end of the game. Usually <laughs> tells me what happened. But yeah. I mean, but you've you, I mean you've won the inside fifties and, and you've won the clearances too. So in and around the ball, you've done everything you needed to do.
5: Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it's a, it was a bit of pill to swallow because I thought. oh, we I think everyone came off at the end of the game saying it was probably a game we we could have and should have won. Um, which made it so much more disappointing. Um, we've obviously, obviously, Crows defenders played extremely well. Um, so we, I think we've just got to go back to the drawing board and work on a few things about ball movement. But you're right, if we win contested ball, we win inside 50s and clearances. We're generally going to win the match. Um, so obviously, there's some areas in our ball movement that need to be tinkered in to, to go further in the final series.
3: Yeah. I, just by the way, congratulations to uh, the Advertiser Team of the Year for the sixth time. <laughs> yeah. It's a great effort. Nearly two hundred games. I mean, it was yeah. great. You had you had a few mates in the team too. So the the team started the year in a blaze, didn't you? When I think you won eight in a row, didn't you? From memory.
5: Yeah, eight in a row. We really made an emphasis on the year of being the hunters. Um, we've we've had a core same group now for three to four years now, um, and it's really time now. to you know it's our time in the sun, and we want we want to be successful. Um, we've had a you know a bit of a building period, so we really identified in the preseason that this year we really want to make our stamp on the competition. Which we which we did in the first eight rounds. Um, with a bit of a young team, we had a bit of a bumpy road through the patch. Um, <laughs> but we gave we did the work in early in the season to give ourselves a second chance. So um, obviously we needed that after losing on the weekend. But um, you know you win one more game and you into a prelim final. So a lot can change in a week.
2: Yeah, and guess is James Battersby. James, we've been discussing um, perhaps playing uh, one of your games on your home turf. Like uh, Glenelg finished top, they play their first final. Glenelg they will probably get a full house. You played Unley. Probably get a full house there. Uh, I know you love playing Adelaide Oval, and we keep the grand final for that. Would you be okay with that if you, you know, you finish in the right position and get a home final?
5: Yeah, it's an interesting conversation and one that's come up um, in the last couple of weeks. Actually, I've been asked it a couple of times. Um, I'm probably it's probably a political question. Probably the club wants me to say we want to play at the club. And <laughs> oh, look, to, to be honest, it, it, I don't really mind. Like, I'd love to play a home final only. I think having seven to 8,000 at Unley Oval would just be amazing. I think, God, dating back probably to 2017 or 2018, we had an Anzac Day clash at Port uh, against Port and we had about 8,000 and yeah. there was people on the roofs in the streets watching the game <laughs> and it was just an unreal atmosphere. Like, just, you, they feel it, they go on top of you. Um, but the other side is, Adelaide Oval is such a great venue, great facilities, great ground, and I know the players love getting out there, so... Look, to be honest, mate, you're playing finals. It doesn't really matter. But, yeah, I'd love either or I, I don't mind the concept of maybe playing the earlier finals at home and then maybe the grand final at Adelaide Oval. Uh, but that's probably not uh, my area of expertise.
3: No, actually, I agree with you. And I love, the, I love the sentiment, just play anywhere. All I was ever after was someone from the Sandville or the AFL invites you to come back again next week. That means you're yeah. still playing. <laughs> exactly and you're still, right. You're still in the hunt.
5: Exactly right. Now,
3: the, what about the two games you've played against Central Districts? You're playing them this week. Round four, I had a look, won by three points. Round sixteen, mm. won by four points. I mean, they're they're cracker games, aren't they? I mean, that that doesn't happen very often like that.
5: No, it doesn't. I, and I think we got we well, we stole the game last last game against Central Dixie. I think we kicked four goals in the last ten minutes of the game. So um, it's going to be an even contest. And Central's, is back half of the year, has been really competitive. And you know when you come against a central district team, they're just going to give 100% for 120 minutes of the game. So um, we've got we, obviously we've had two wins this year, and we've, we'll review that and, and work on what we did well against them and work on what we did not so well against them. But no, we go in with full confidence, knowing if we play the way we want to play, uh, we can get the win and move on.
2: Just heard Coombliss has been suspended. Doyle and Paige, um, Page of the hamstring, wouldn't think we'd get up here How's the big fella Doyle?
5: Um, I believe he'll miss this week. Mm. Um, I think he's having some scans later this week, but I yeah, I dare say he'll probably miss this week and hopefully get right for the coming weeks.
3: Yeah. Now, just uh, looking at uh, the draw, obviously uh, this weekend at Adelaide Oval, you play first at twelve fifteen, and then Glenelg and Adelaide play after. Is, is your coach Marty Matner or you, as a playing group, going to stick around and just watch that second game?
5: Uh. Well, we've got to win first, bloody! But I think oh, yeah, it's um, oh, I think leave it up to leave it up to the players. But i dare say the coaching staff will definitely watch. Um, leave it up to the players to see what they want to do. I'll, I'll, I'll be one that will probably what, definitely want to watch and see what's going on and see how the teams play. Other players uh, don't really care too much and want to go home and recover or whatnot. So I will leave it up to the players. Um, but I'm sure the coaching staff will be there with a keen um, eye on both teams and work out what works and what doesn't against us and review it the next week.
2: If you had to pick a couple of the younger players that have made headway, James, who would it be? Uh, not necessarily the guys that made the team of the year, but who, who do you has really improved in your side?
5: Uh, that's a good question. I, well, We're do have a, we're very lucky we have a young group of players that have come through, like likes of Charlie Fryer, um, who made his league debut uh, this year. Um, just a solid downward defender and doesn't complain and just does his job every week. <laughs> Um, they're the sort of players that you want to play with. Um, don't complain. Play their role and just give their all 100%. Um, we've also had a couple of other young players, like um, a couple of young players like Giacometti, who's, um, who's in the reserves right now, but he's played a couple of league games, who's been really good and just really bought into the system. But I think as a core group, we've got a lot of young players, um, around that 10 to 20 games, that are just starting to find their feet. Um, and with a couple of more years' experience, will be unstoppable.
2: Well, you're playing great footy yeah. and good luck this week. You don't want to go in straight sets. You've got centrals and uh, now you've got a couple of injury issues, but you've got players coming from below. All the best, James.
5: No, thank you, mate. That's it. On to next week. Can't worry about what's, uh, what the injuries having, and we'll just push on and uh, get a win, hopefully.
2: Good man, Sturt, James Battersby, and uh, probably a game that was let go. Seven, of, I know yeah. you can lose from anywhere, but. 7-1, 7-2, yeah. probably should hold off.
3: Yeah, it doesn't taste as good, does oh. it, in the mouth when you lose. I mean, if you get beat, you get beat all day. But when you control the game, hey, we've all been on the end of that and it is a, it is an well,
2: horrible taste. You saw both games. Yeah. How do you assess the two sides? Oh. Uh, Central's got over Port. Yeah, I know. Close game. Yeah. And uh, Sturt got run over in the last quarter. But they did have a, only two on the bench.
3: Well when you get to this stage of the year David it is dead set 50-50 and we know that by the stats cuz someone wins and someone loses all finals have been the same forever it is a tough business at this time of the year
2: We got to get out shortly but uh, as we said at top of the show uh, Knowles Knowles Caravans a very famous company here in Adelaide and the jingle you've been part of it yeah. sad day
3: Yeah it is no Faggot. it was a terrific man spent a lot of time with him and Neil Curley so two two great men I've met great Adelaideans. Great ever, ever
2: share a glass of red with him or is he well, not a red drinker? Um, oh, yes, he was. He no, was? Yes,
3: he might have. Yes, we might have. Yeah, a- I- and and with curls and no.
2: It's one of those jingles you <laughs> might think, how bad's that, but how good is it? Oh, how good it is it? Is it? Um, well, that's just about it for us, Bloody as always. A, a big show we had. We spoke with Michael Whiting from Brisbane. He knows everything about the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast. And just a moment ago, James Spattersby. So we'll do it all again tomorrow between six and seven finals. Only a couple of sleeps away. Yep. Bye for now. Bye, David.
1: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter